Welcome to another edition of Vinnie's Voices. My name is Natasha Belling. This podcast is an opportunity to showcase the extraordinary alumni from St Vincent's College and share their inspirational stories. Our guest today is Holly Davies. Holly was born in Outback, New South Wales, and this high-achieving civil engineer has never lost her love nor passion for rural Australia. After graduating from St Vincent's College in 1992, Holly completed a civil engineer degree at UTS before returning to country New South Wales as a graduate engineer at Brewarrina Shire. Her journey in a challenging industry has not always been easy, but Holly's talent, determination and resilience have seen her achieve incredible success. Holly is now the Director, Regional Community Planning for Transport for New South Wales in Narromine and is also playing an instrumental support role for rural and regional residents as the current COVID crisis continues to unfold across Western New South Wales. Holly is forever grateful to her parents for sacrificing so much to send her to Vinnie's and feels incredibly blessed to also provide her own daughter with the same opportunities. Like her mum, Ellie is now a boarder at St Vincent's College. Holly, thanks so much for joining us. Tell us what you wanted to be when you were in Year 12 at St Vincent's. I I was a traditional generation X and I had my mind fixated that I wanted to be a civil engineer. Really? Mm-hmm. And why did you want to follow that? Because you would originally think that was quite a male-dominated industry, very hard to get into. Yes, but, you know, I never actually even contemplated that part of it. The reason why I always saw myself living futuristically in a, in a Western area, in, in regional New South Wales, or regional Australia. I didn't mind where particularly it was. But I, I appreciated my experience, my education, but I always wanted to go back and for the betterment and, and change the life for those I could, whether it be with infrastructure, resources, etc., and put my education to that. And Civil engineering was my passion and how I thought I could do that. And the only way I thought in my narrow mind at the time <laughs> was that working in local government was my only opportunity to do that. So hence in probably my engineering degree, I very much took those local government road construction, road building type subjects rather than the, the coastal engineering subjects, let's say. And tell us straight out of school, Holly, you went straight to university at UTS, but that was a really long career. And I find this really interesting. Part of that degree was 90 weeks industrial training. It was. And I actually don't know whether I did the maths at the time myself to realise <laughs> that's actually a year and a half. Um, so exactly that. It was a it was a four-year full-time degree, like like most traditional bachelor degrees. Um, but then, yes, you had to do this 90 weeks. And it was planned that it was done ideally in three 30-week placements in industry. And the beautiful bit of that was that I did do my first two placements in Sydney in an urban area. One was, um, as fate would have it, was with RTA at the time. And I went, I never want to go there. <laughs> and then the second one was actually with the private sector um, in Sydney. And I absolutely loved every minute of it. But I went, Connell Wagner don't exist in Burke. So I don't know, I probably should go down that path. And it was really then when I went back for another 12 months university, I went, I really better start tapping into these local governments. And and hence, I did the third placement in Bawarana, and then I was actually offered a full-time position there as, as soon as I graduated. 
Now, tell us about that because I find it really interesting. <laughs> we we went to boarding school together. We were in the same year. And your dad, yeah. of course, was a passionate advocate for uh, rural Australia because he was the mayor of Burke. And so you, in your wisdom, said, I can't get into local council at Burke because it will be seen as nepotism. Correct. I went, and it was probably just a little bit of my, um, I, I, yeah, I just went, I'm not going to Burke and my dad's credibility. I want to create my own. I, I've done this degree. I've done the hard yards back myself. So I'll go to the councillor next door. <laughs> and that was Bawana. <laughs> so that was a further 100 kilometres away on a sealed road. So my commute just became another 50 more minutes on, a, on my Monday mornings. And this is what cracks me up. A lot of people that live in uh, especially a greater Sydney and they say, oh, you know, the traffic was terrible. I was stuck in the traffic for 35 minutes. And I think back to my first job, which was only between Bathurst and Orange, and that was like 40 minutes both way, you know, 40 minutes one way. And for you, you would be travelling hundreds of k's. I was, I was, although I did stay in the community on the sort of Monday to, to Thursday night. But yeah, late Friday afternoon, I, I hit the road and my minimal commute was to Laos, which was, yeah, 200 kilometres. And then at the time I had started going out with my now husband who lived further <laughs> west at Wolcania. So then I'd actually float the little Nissan Bluebird an additional <laughs> 230 kilometres down the river road on a Friday night. What I loved about Vinny's also, Holly, is the fact that we had the opportunity to go to school with uh, young women from all different walks of life and the boarding element of St Vincent's made the school a completely different place, don't you think? Totally, totally. Um, definitely. And I think in my layman terms, I'd probably say it just grounds the school. It, it just allows, and I think there's win-win both ways. We as young country children be, become educated, yes, from nine to three, but we become even more socially educated from three to nine. And that appreciation, that meeting friends, going to their homes, see what a normal traditional city life is rather than passing judgment on that and vice versa. I, I think that's why a lot of parents continually in an urban area choose a school that has that boarding element because they too want to give their children the opportunity to actually see um, what, what, a, what a typical life and lifestyle and the challenges that, that regional children have. So I, I totally agree. I think it's absolutely for the betterment of the school. And in regards to the values at St Vincent's, it of course is run by the Sisters of Charity, which have a great passion for social justice and for helping the underprivileged in society. How have those values shaped you as a person and assisted you in being a great advocate for rural and regional Australia? Yeah, I think my biggest take home, and I, I give credit to the school, I'd probably give credit to my father and my mother initially, but it was always about equality. It was always that everyone is equal. You, one should never believe they're better than anybody else and one should never treat anybody any different. So I think growing up in the west of Burke, you know, in a, in a large Aboriginal population, um, I, I actually didn't see. I thought that was all very normal. Everybody was equal to me. So I think Sydney then 
jumping on that and and you know we we were in Potts Point but hey we really were in the cross and <laughs> uh, I then got to see another element but once too they were not to be treated any different whether it be society or circumstance or or whatever it was that people were in some of those situations that there was no right of judgment on my behalf so to me the social justice was just all about equality and 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 always think and look after those that are less fortunate than yourself. And talking about equality, Holly, in the start of the interview, we spoke about the fact that to be a civil engineer, it is often very male dominated. Tell us about an interesting experience, if that's (laughs) the phrase I can use, when you found that you were being a little discriminated against or a fellow colleague was having issues with you being a female. Uh, It was funny. And once again, I I just really never overthought it. Um, I guess, yeah, I was a young female. I actually couldn't do much about that. I could definitely challenge the way I treated people. I could change that and my behaviour. But the fact I was a a married white female, I I couldn't change that. And correct, there was one instance where a particular um, member of staff was, was... just really challenging that and whatever he'd throw at me I would just come back with with the system response the governance response that this is the HR response it it is what it is there there was no you know judgment made on my behalf and he just couldn't get past it and I particularly this day remember hopping back in the in the use with the overseer and saying I I just can't change the fact I'm a female I I don't know (laughs) what else I can do to help him get over that and very sincerely there's alpha male you know in his mid-40s turned to me and he said well you could but I guess your husband wouldn't go much on it (laughs) yeah that's true I actually don't want to take my career to that level he's either going to accept it this gentleman or he's going to get over it because I'm not going anywhere and I can't change it it's such a great attitude to have, Holly. And look, I, I think many people have faced whatever barriers they may be in their careers. What advice would you give to a student, especially at St Vincent's at the moment, that if they do face obstacles or hurdles along the way, what should they do? The, the most important thing they do is call it out. Have the confidence to call it out and choose wisely who you call it out to, but call it out that there should be zero tolerance um, to that going forward. And this is the gift society has given now. I mean, I'd like to talk about the resilience and the strength of the individual of how you deal with it at the time and your reaction to it. There's that side. But most importantly, society has given us the ability and the acceptance of, of call it out. And I can't say that strong enough. How important is it, I think also, that Vinnie's was very focused on educating resilient and independent women? We walked out of those gates at Rockwell Crescent thinking we could achieve anything and everything. That's so true, Natasha. And it is resilience. I think that's my backbone. Some days I feel like that little punching bag and <laughs> and how many times could people hit me and I just pop back up again and I'm sure it infuriates a lot of people that I work with but I do I I pop back up the next day I I don't sulk I I get over it I I have my say whenever I have the opportunity and then I have a really good level of acceptance if if I've given my feedback I've had what I wanted to say um but but I'll accept you know I'll then take direction from my my powers of be and I'll accept and I'll roll it out and I'll make it happen. So I think that's what resilience is to me, is to have your say so um, 
but but that keep coming back if you're really strong and you believe you, you will bounce back but it's resilience but we walked out of that gate capable without mm -hmm. feeling empowered i think is a really strong word um and we weren't that you are women you could do anything it was just very subtle but powerful and we were just capable we we were learned somehow not to fear to try and 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 have a go and so i think resilience and capability is just to have the confidence to to float down my road on on my own and think you know what could happen don't overthink that what could happen um just be capable back yourself and and you can do it and i'm forever grateful for that and the most beautiful bit is that we're in a position right now that we've been able to turn around and give that opportunity to our very own daughter. And look, it just nearly makes tears come to my eyes to think that we can give that to her now too. Which is incredible because Ellie is now a boarder at St Vincent's. Correct, correct. In year nine, she started in year seven and uh, right now she's a boarder sitting at our dining room table. But yes, she is. <laughs> With boarder. online learning. <laughs> Let's not get started with online learning. Oh, it's okay. She's good. Holly, I could chat to you all day. A final word <laughs> on St Vincent's. What does the college mean to you now? What does it mean? It's, I say it's facilitated the quality of life that I currently get to enjoy. And you have the gift of education now to give to your daughter as well. Correct. Correct. And I'm forever grateful to my mum and dad for going without what they did to fund it and for the college facilitating that and what they've given me. Holly, thank you so much for joining us. But most importantly, thank you for your extraordinary work you do for tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people across rural and regional Australia. Pleasure. Thanks for your time. Vinnie's Voices is an initiative of the St Vincent's College Foundation, celebrating 30 years of connecting supporters and amplifying our spirit. For further information on St Vincent's College, the College Foundation, or to continue listening to Vinnie's Voices, please go to the college's website, www.stvincents.nsw.edu.au, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn.